Hello. Hi, uh, my name is Megan Stanton, and I'm writing a story about the Dundalk Upper Deckers, and I was hoping that... Hello? Hello. Uh, my name is Megan Stanton. I called yesterday about the Dundalk Upper Deck... This? Hi, this is Megan Stanton. I was hoping you. Is this a good time? I was hoping you might have a few minutes. Hi, yes, Megan Stanton. I left you a message yesterday. <sighs> this is beneath the headlines. Fifty Cent Beer Night and a Legend of the Dundalk Upper Deckers. I'm Megan Stanton. Chapter 3. All Hands on Deck I was desperate to get interviews with as many members of the Upper Deckers as I could. Unfortunately, many of them didn't want anything to do with me or this story. The stars of 50 Cent Beer Night seemed eager to distance themselves from the story that had made them household names. So who made up this motley crew? The lineup that faced the Orioles on 50 Cent Beer Night was largely the same for most of their fabled run. As you know, holding down the pitcher's mound nearly every game was the seemingly tireless Diana Domino. Big Joe himself served as both catcher and manager. Chris Davis, the one-time superstar of the Orioles, was now playing first base every day for the Upper Deckers. His signing sent interest in the team into the stratosphere. Soon, security was needed at all of the Upper Deckers games as the number of fans coming to watch grew into the hundreds. At second base, there was Philip the Liar Truman. In the outfield were Daryl Mosquito Mossberg, Cormac the Barber Murphy, and Bob Smith. The Upper Deckers also had designated hitters Terry the Terror Wade and David Wolf. I say designated hitters because... I don't believe in shortstops. You don't... You don't believe... In shortstop? Where's the shortstop base? You got first base, second base, third base. Where's the shortstop at? What even is a shortstop? Stupid. (laughs) Plus, it's not like I needed one with my third baseman. Sometimes, sometimes I think it's unfair to even put me out there. Like, honestly, I could just stand on second and cover everything between first and third. I mean, come on. Of the rest of the team, only Mosquito was willing to go on record with me. Honestly, I don't know why everyone is so ashamed of the team. There's never been a team like the Upper Deckers. I'm happy to talk about them. Mosquito is another one of the more colorful members of the Upper Deckers lineup. He earned his nickname on the base paths with his unusual and also illegal distraction tactics. I don't see what the big deal is. Everybody wants to be a distraction running the bases. Why should I be singled out just because I bite a man every now and again? Well, isn't that, you know, assault? It's just a little nip. I'm not going Mike Tyson on anyone. You let your guard down out there, you're gonna get a mosquito bite. That's just nature. Mosquito would be another key player, both in-game and out, on 50 Cent Beer Night. But leading up to the game, he had to keep a low profile. I wasn't about to be pulling any kind of tricks when we were playing the kids. Are you insane? Plus, I was tired of getting kicked out of all the different leagues. I had just been tossed out from my third league in a year when Joe called. Of course, I always called him Tipsy Tim. He told me if I was going to play on the Upper Deckers, I had to keep my mouth shut. 
So I did. But mosquitoes' bite wasn't just literal. As the summer of 2021 continued, Mosquito was making an MVP run. As the Upper Deckers' leadoff hitter, he was fast and had a sky-high batting average of 585. Those kids never stood a chance. But the players weren't the only keys to the Upper Deckers' success. Their mascot, Dookie, was just as, if not more, famous than the rest of the team, and fans couldn't wait to take pictures with the mustachioed toilet bowl. My name is Reginald Alistair Dumas, Juilliard graduate and three-time Obie nominee, and I play the role of Dookie for the Upper Deckers from May 2021 to the team's demise in October that same year. Truly, it is an honor to speak with you, Miss Staunton. The honor is all mine. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about how a classically trained actor like yourself came to portray a mascot for a backyard baseball team? I assume one so unfamiliar with the art, such as yourself, would know better. But in the theater, we have a saying. There are no small parts, Miss Staunton, only small actors. I, Reginald Alistair Dumas, am not a small actor. In fact, I wouldn't even consider myself an actor, not really. I am but a conduit for my characters to express themselves. And when it comes to Dookie, I knew instantly that Dookie was inside of me my whole life, just bursting to come out. Was that a joke? It was what a joke? Never mind. Um, so, how did you come into the role of Dookie, then? I received a call from Joseph about the opportunity. Of course, I always caught him little Mercutio. I agreed immediately, of course. Mascadum is a highly respected discipline of performance that I was eager to break into. Is that true? Of course. Everyone knows that in the silent confines of a mascot suit, one may find their jabs and follies a key to that ever-persistent question to humanity. Why? Just as the mascot prances about their stage, the audience can see a creature grappling not just with their own hubris, but with the very grips of society at war with itself. Also, the pay was phenomenal. But what would a team be without their signature announcers? As the team became more and more of a national craze, local Baltimore radio stations started broadcasting the games. But for Joe, none of the known broadcasters in Baltimore would do. After all, many of them were associated with the Orioles in some way. Joe wanted the team to have their very own. I searched everywhere for just the right duo. Voices people would recognize, but also brought a unique spin to the game. The unique yet recognizable voices Joe landed on were a smooth jazz DJ named Horatio Cabernet and a 106-year-old broadcaster named Chip Cedar. Horatio had never broadcast a game before, whereas Chip had been calling games since Babe Ruth was playing. They made for a dynamic duo. And it's a little bloop single in the right for little Mosquito Mossberg. Boy, I tell you, that fella sure does fly. Just hope he doesn't get too close to your first base. Isn't that right, Horatio? Oh, right as a summer's rain, Chip. And that single goes out to all the singles listening out there tonight. Maybe tonight will be a hit for you, too. Who knows what sort of fate we're in for tonight, my friends. I just know I'm glad to be sharing this beautiful evening with you. 
absolutely, absolutely, Horatio, old boy. Now, here comes Meat Hooks Mickelson up to bat. And Jeepers Creepers, would you look at the paws on him? I tell you, he could catch the moon in those hands of his if he put his mind to it. He's just a man who knows what he wants, Chip. And if you know what you want, listeners, I say go out and get it. Filled tonight with life and love, listeners. Who knows what the night will bring? Couldn't have said it better myself, Horatio, especially since it's two o'clock in the afternoon! I was able to get in contact with Chip and Horatio for this story to ask them about their perspective on the team. Thank you both so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, 100% Little Miss Nancy, and a fine how-do-you-do to you and yours. Oh, that's right, Chip. Megan, the pleasure is all ours. But don't let that stop you from having a little fun, too. Oh, stop it right there, mister. I tell you, you can't take my husband anywhere, Megan. He's a real firecracker, this one. Just can't help himself. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you two were together. Absolutely, Megan, absolutely. We're stuck together like mice on glue, like two twicks in a pack, like a wad of gum on the sole of your shoe on a hot summer's day. Couldn't have said it any better myself, Chip. You see, Megan, Horatio Cabernet knows a thing or two about the heart. I bet. But if I... Now, just hold it right there, Megan. You hear that? That's your heart talking. Maybe you need to take a little break from all those questions of yours and... Listen to it for a second. You'll be surprised what it has to say. Sorry, but are you two doing a bit? Like, do you just always talk this way? Megan, we just speak the truth. You only get one shot at this crazy little thing called life. Why spend it living a lie? Stuff that in your mattress and hide it from the tax man. So Chip and Horatio didn't have as much insight into the rise of the Upper Deckers as I had hoped. But there was still one major player in the Upper Deckers saga I needed to speak with. Single Carrot Theater is dancing back into live performances and invites you to gather with us for Season 14, Revelry. This season explores joy and resilience in a myriad of forms, with three main stage productions and the return of our Flipside series. Get access to all of Season 14 with an Experience Pass. Experience Passes earn you tickets to each show, exclusive discounts on classes and special events, and much more. Right now, Beneath the Headlines listeners can get 25% off their experience pass when they use code BTHPOD at checkout. To book your experience pass, visit singlecarrot.com. Brandon, the Upper Deckers have taken out another commercial during Orioles games, criticizing your managerial style and your feelings toward the city. Any comments on that? No. Do you have any response on Big Joe's comment that you're a, and I'm quoting here, loathsome bag of sour milk with the attitude odor and appearance of a rotting pumpkin? Uh, I do not. Brandon Hyde did his level best to ignore any and all mention of Big Joe or the Upper Deckers. But as the summer wore on, he had little choice but to endure question after question about Baltimore's newest baseball team. And soon the questions weren't just coming from reporters. Orioles' top brass were also pressuring Hyde to address the situation, partly because of Chris Davis's newfound success as a member of the Upper Ds. Although it might have been off of prepubescent pitching, Chris Davis was seemingly reborn in an Upper Deckers uniform. 
he was firing off home runs nearly once a game, and the local fans were back in his corner. Davis was once again a story on ESPN, but now the coverage wasn't about historically bad performances. It was about if another major league team would be willing to give him a second chance. Just how Big Joe managed to convince the Orioles star to join the Upper Deckers remains a mystery. The details of his one-year deal were never made public, but many have suggested Big Joe paid Davis his entire salary for the 2021 season, $23 million. How Chris was compensated wasn't important to him or to me. He deserved a second chance to thrive in a Balmer uniform, and I wanted to give him that chance. Okay, but how long were you talking to him? I mean, was it before he was released from the Orioles? Did you have any contact with him before the 2021 season? Megan, let me tell you a little something I learned about the American economy, okay? In this country, charisma is the best currency, all right? And you can take that to the bank. You're saying your sheer magnetism was enough for Chris Davis to jump ship? I'm just saying Chris Davis had become an underdog on the Orioles. I gave him the chance to lead a pack of underdogs. To be the star he once was and was born to be. Who's going to say no to that? Certainly not baseball fans. Viewers across the nation were finding both comedy and joy in Davis's return to the spotlight. His Upper Decker jersey climbed to the top of the most ordered jersey list after just his first few weeks on the team. Suddenly, it seemed like the interest in the Upper Deckers wasn't so ironic after all. It wasn't a joke anymore. They had a real major leaguer on the team. I mean, this shit was serious. We, we, we were always a dominating lineup. Uh, you know, Chris just provided a little more pop. I always liked Chris. I think the Orioles were treating him like an outcast, while the Upper Deckers were all outcasts. He had something to prove, and we gave him the chance to prove it. I think people saw the Upper Deckers as the feel-good story they needed. But Orioles executives were finding it an embarrassment. They tried to brush off Joe's attack ads. They tried to show support for Davis's display of power. But fans started to see their responses as stale. The Upper Deckers may not have been a real team. They might not have even been playing real games. But they were undeniably fun to watch. And the team, composed almost entirely of Dundalk residents, reminded Baltimoreans of themselves. And they had real talent. Diana Domina was throwing pitches over 100 miles per hour, night after night. Meat Hooks Mickelson could make diving catches on balls grounded 15 feet away from him. The upper deckers were showing off forgotten talent. The Orioles were in the midst of another losing season. Even Orioles executives knew which team they'd rather watch. If the upper deckers were a joke, then the joke was on the Orioles. So they decided it was time they were in on it. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for coming. Uh, As you know, the Orioles aren't the only team in town anymore. Uh, Baltimore's always had a big baseball scene, and now it's just a little bigger. Since it looks like our 2021 campaign will end with the regular season, we'd like to unite all of Baltimore's best players for a friendly exhibition matchup to cap off another great year of Baltimore baseball. I spoke with our general manager, Mike Elias, and the owner, Peter Angelos, and we all agree that a celebration like this is just what baseball fans in Baltimore need to close out the season. So if Big Joe and the Upper Deckers are interested, we'd love to invite them to play a friendly exhibition game against the Orioles here at Camden Yards on October 7th. This is to celebrate all fans of Baltimore baseball, so we hope 
this first Baltimore fan night can be the start of a great tradition. I'll take some questions. The press conference nearly did the trick. But at the Orioles game that night, a hot mic in the dugout picked up Hyde's real thoughts. Nah, don't worry. We won't have to really play this stupid game. Angelos just wants us to look like we care. Big Joe doesn't have the guts to play a real team. Are you kidding? Him and this band of lowlifes? Besides, if Angelos does make us do it, so be it. We're going to squash those fucking assholes. The clip went viral, and the Orioles' intended message was lost. With more support than ever before, Big Joe called a press conference of his own. Last night, Brandon Hyde made it clear how the Orioles really feel about our team. Who knows if the Orioles actually wanted to celebrate the people of Baltimore or not, but the Upper Deckers do. So we accept the Orioles' challenge, and we'll even do them one better. Since the Birds had such a tough season, the Upper Deckers are happy to foot the bill for beer on Baltimore fan night. And our team doesn't believe in high-cost beers at the ballpark. So we're only charging fans 50 cents a point. And from that moment on, Baltimore fan night was dead. October 7th, 2021 had a new name, 50 Cent Beer Night. We have tried repeatedly to interview Brandon Hyde, but he, like all members of the Orioles, refuses to discuss the incident. However, on my latest attempt, the Orioles manager did offer one thought before hanging up on me. That whole thing was a huge fucking mistake. Next time on Beneath the Headlines. Well, folks, this is it. The story of the summer is coming to a close here tonight as John Means steps on the mound and we're about to get underway at the first ever 50 Cent Beer Night. Daryl Mosquito Mossberg of the Upper Deckers steps up to the plate. Means is set. And here comes the first pitch. This is episode three of five of Beneath the Headlines, season one, 50 Cent Beer Night and the Legend of the Dundalk Upper Deckers. The show is produced by Paul Diem, Matthew Shea, and me, Megan Stanton. Jeremy Weinstein is our technical director, with production assistance from B. Claymeyer, Genevieve DeMai, Sid Cohn, and Elise Van Hagen. The show is edited by Matthew Shea, and our theme music is by Daniel Baird Jr. Beneath the Headlines is sponsored by Single Carrot Theatre. To learn more about Single Carrot and their productions, visit singlecarrot.com.